Welcome to Heart Speak Podcast, episode 225. Why are we here and where is here? Welcome to the Heart Speak Podcast, where valuable insights are shared that bypass the mind and resonate with the heart. Listen, open your heart, become inspired, find the joy and fulfillment that awaits when you follow your heart. And now, here's your host, Dr. Christine Page. Hello there, wherever you are in the world. So good to be back with you. And thank you so much for all your support and encouragement after last week's podcast. I so enjoyed it and clearly many of you did. So we will be repeating that. And I'm also going to be answering some of the questions that I received after the podcast, which I love. I love that interaction. And that's why I've called this podcast as it is, is why are we here and where is here? There's so much happening in the skies. And the reason that I wanted to work with you today is that I'm just very fortunately going off to Japan in the next few days. And I get the chance to speak with a, an amazing speaker called Namika-san, who is well known in Japan. And he and I are going to talk about being a galactic human being. And while I was preparing for this talk, it brought up a lot of issues that we shared last week, but also the questions that came to me were, why are we here? What, what's the meaning of it? And what's the meaning of our existence? And that's really why I wanted to bring that together. But before we go there, I really wanted to talk about what's going on in the sky. There's a lot going on. First of all, we have a comet going through the sky and it's seen primarily in the Northern Hemisphere in the rest of January. And then in February, we have it going through the Southern Hemisphere. And it's green and it has a bluish tail and it hasn't been seen for 50,000 years. So I'm very excited by this because it feels that something is coming to us because comets have always been seen as these messengers of the gods. Now, sometimes they bring messages that we would rather not see because they often have been seen as the forewarner of change. But I want this change to be positive and I'm keeping that in my mind. So do look out into the skies if you happen to have clear skies, lucky you, and watch for this comet. Now, at the same time, we have a new moon on the 21st of January, and this is in Aquarius. And it's really tying into the fact that Pluto will go into Aquarius in March. So it's giving us this sort of forewarning or foresight of what's going to come between that January and March date. So Aquarius, what's that about? Community, social ideals, non-emotional. It's about stepping forward. And what I see is rather than just protests, which I very much admire everybody who is protesting, I feel that a, this Aquarian energy is saying, what's the new energy we're going to bring in? Because Aquarius is ruled by air. It's an air sign. It's a mind sign. And Aquarius seeks freedom of the mind, expansion of the mind, synthesizing lots of information so we can go forward in a very positive way. So what I see is less emotionality as this moves through, but more action. And that's going to be helped because on the 22nd, Uranus, which has been going retrograde in Taurus, also moves forward like everything else, all the other planets. And so from then, January, until 
May, we have all the planets moving forward. And because Uranus rules Aquarius and it's an Aquarian new moon, we could see a lot happening in the world. So just be prepared. Uranus always talks about something sudden happening, something sudden happening in Taurus, which could be the land. We've always said things like earthquakes, volcanoes, finance. These are all the things that a Taurus rules. I hope nothing disastrous, but if something does happen, let's look at it as something that's going to take us forward in a more uh, wider field. In other words, something where everybody will get involved rather than just the few. And remember, Aquarius is also about everybody stepping up, not just who's the leader, tell me what to do. This is about bringing everybody's skills forward, no one more important than another. The other thing that's happening on the 21st will be the Chinese New Year. So the 21st, 22nd, the year of the rabbit. And I thought about the year of the rabbit and how one of the stories I loved was the story about Chang'e, who is the lunar goddess of, in China. And the story goes that there were three sages who made out that they were very poor and needed food. And they asked of the fox, the monkey, and the rabbit for food. And the fox and the monkey gave them food, but the rabbit didn't have any. And so he just jumped in the fire and sacrificed himself for the sages, for the old men. And they were so impressed by this action that they actually sent that rabbit into the moon. And that's why in the eastern side of the world, they see that that dark shape in the moon is actually a rabbit, whereas we in the West see it as a man in the moon. So what was special about this rabbit? This rabbit became the jade rabbit. And the jade rabbit helped Chani grind up and create the elixir of immortality. And I think that story really helps us to understand not only that the year of a rabbit goes along with a, a kind and generous soul, and I'll speak more about that, and someone who is willing to be of service. And certainly rabbits tend to live in communities, so it goes along with that sort of Aquarian idea. But it also ties us into reminding ourselves that what is important about this new moon especially, and what I teach, I know when I do my women's work, is that the day before the new moon is a great time to release everything that you thought you were in the outer world, that three-dimensional world I spoke about last time, and actually come inside yourself. Who is at home? Where is the here and now that isn't out there in the world? And so just to remind you perhaps of a ritual that I might have explained before, on the day before the new moon, which would be the 20th, this is a great time to make a list or think of all the things you're ready to let go of that identify you in the outer world. I am a, I am a. And usually with all that I am is also the emotional energy, the story. I'm this, I, this is what makes me feel good about myself or bad about myself. So it might be I'm a terrible person. All of that doesn't matter what you think you are. Are you ready to let it go? And that would be like the rabbit jumping in the fire. So what are you willing to sacrifice to feed your inner self, you could say? And if you want, the way I do it is 
I wrap my hands around a glass of water, absorb all the things I'm ready to let go of, and I pour that water into Mother Earth and ask her to transform it. And as I do that, it's literally I'm saying, I am, I am Christine, this soul, I am not my outer identities. So I am setting myself free of those third dimensional ties. At the same time, I'm also setting myself of the fourth dimensional emotional ties. Because Aquarius is not very much into emotional ties, you're really setting yourself free to say, I am in your heart, not in your head, in your heart. So doing that in the evening of the 20th, the day before the new moon, on the day of the new moon, it's a great time to keep going into connecting however you connect, but I would suggest making sure that's on the earth rather than meditating out your body. Come into your earth, meditate if you want as you're walking or being on the earth because Gaia is also being uh, having the experience of this moon changing at this time. And then on the day after, which is the 22nd, is the day when you actually bring new ideas forward. So write down any ideas that you have on the 22nd, be more intuitive, or maybe even ask inside, what is it I'm going to birth during this month? And it really ties up so nicely with Uranus turning direct on that 22nd. So Uranus turning direct is like, what's this new ideas we're bringing forward? What is the revolution that's happening in our body, in our earth, in our world? And to me, this is not to do with whether we're going to eat bugs or what's going on in the world in terms of what we should eat or what we're being told to eat, nor is it really about someone else's financial issues. It's about what brings me security, what brings me nourishment, and what will nourish my soul and my body. And I think that what's really changing, what Uranus is doing, is making us so much more interested in our DNA, so much more interested in, in our mitochondrial DNA. What is, what is the consciousness of my body? Not what's the physicality. What's the consciousness of my body? What's the consciousness of Mother Earth? What's the consciousness of our existence? That's what's happening. Not just, should I take this, these vitamins or minerals? It's like, what, what, what does my soul need? And knowing that as I change, my body naturally knows how to do this. But when I'm also just staying in the same place, that's where my body will stay. And as I mentioned last time, sometimes our body can't change at the rate that our, phys- our soul can and we may choose then to drop the cloak and pass to another place. So I'm not saying the body has the greatest capacity to do this, but we, our genes, our DNA, very adaptable, much more than we ever thought. So changing our thoughts, changing our, our beingness, letting go of who we think we are that's giving us security on a, from a fear level, when we bring it to that security from our heart, our inner knowing, this is like that security will change our bodies. So that's happening in the sky. I hope you're getting excited by that. We have Mars in Gemini in what we call an inconjunction, the Mercury in Capricorn. And that Mars in Gemini just happens to be sitting on the Uranus of the United States. So Mars in Gemini, communication, Mercury Mercury in Capricorn is about legal documents, uh, <laughs> secure documents, things that are 
been written in stone, but maybe need to be turned around. So there's going to be a lot of conflict. Uranus is really, especially in the US, it's saying, what is freedom of speech? What is needing to be seen by everybody? What are the secrets that shouldn't be hidden by anybody? And I think that may be true for all of us. So it's happening in the United States and around the world, but it's also about what, as I mentioned last time, what are the secrets that I need to meet and expose and bring out? Or what don't I want someone to know about me? If I have a secret, it can't be good, my friends. You know, if someone has to hold a secret, then they, they believe they're doing something wrong or that you are wrong. So if you have something inside you can't share because you're ashamed of it, then again, there's a judgment. So let's find out what needs to be shared, knowing that truest, the, the greatest joy is love. That you are, we are lovable, warts and all. So that's going on. I think there's also going to be changes in other parts of the chart, but I'm just going to leave that at this moment so we can complete on just saying, okay, let's go back to our third dimension, fourth dimension, fifth dimension. True to say, our fifth dimensional self, another way of saying it, I think is easier, would be your higher mind or your higher self. And our higher self, higher mind will never incarnate. It's, it's not meant to incarnate. So it's not like it can't. It's just that's not what it's about. So our higher self, our higher mind is connected to all mind, is connected to the patterns of the universal mind. All right. So it's our higher mind that we tap into and we say, oh, I've been inspired to do this. And so that inspirational idea then feeds into the soul, our soul sitting, what I say is in our heart, saying, okay, heart, soul, find everything that resonates with this idea to bring it into manifestation. So, you know, when we say our high mind or fifth dimension can't incarnate, well, it, it's never meant to. Uh, I can't think of an analogy, but it'd be like saying, well, would a, 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 write, a director of a film appear on the stage? Well, no, that's not its job. You know, it's, it's supposed to be the director. Okay, so here we are. We are finding that manifestation. We've, excuse me, we have the idea. We use our magnetic field and force, our emotional self, to create that idea that we then call third dimension. There's nothing wrong with the third dimension. And as I was talking and listening to the discussions about what I'm going to speak about, about the, being a galactic human being, there is this sense, however, that when we're living so-called on earth, we're in a limited place. We're in a limited body. We're in a sort of um, suit that we might be using for deep diving into, into the oceans. And I've often used that analogy. We can't see so well. We can't hear so well. But that limitation is, is really external. The rest of us is not limited. And I think the only place that we are now being limited is in our own minds. Sure, I, I've fitted myself into this form that is a physical form. But the one important aspect of what we will call Gaia, what we will call Mother Earth, is that in its core has this molten metal, this molten energy of creativity, of fire. So what we understand about this planet, it is unusual because it has this fiery core. And that fiery core means that there's creativity happening all the time. Every time 
you're listening to me and I'm talking, we're having a relationship, we're creating something new. Every time some new inspiration comes in, something new is being created. So this is the planet of creation. It's also a planet of free will. And that was something that was really important to those who put together all these different levels of consciousness to bring it together, what we call Earth, the consciousness of Earth. And I think if we can just keep not seeing it as something solid, but something conscious. So all of these ideas came together, all this consciousness came together. And anybody down here was given the choice to have free will. It's like, okay, what do you want to create? Go for it. And as I've mentioned before, we created things and then we didn't like them. So we left them alone and we avoided them. And now we're being asked to go and pick those things up because only when we honor our creations can we become whole. But at the same time, the bigger problem is we keep creating the same thing. So we believe that we, by law, by ownership of our souls, someone is telling how we need to live. And so I always call about the cookie shop in the sky. You know, you only like these particular, I don't know, chocolate chip cookies. Even though you're given every choice, you keep going to the same one. So that when we keep doing that, we keep thinking that we're, we're limited. The only limitation is we don't live with free will. Doesn't mean that every moment you're going to say, well, I'll do something completely different. But the knowledge that you could is good enough to start the process. And what I see happening now, despite the fact that we have people out there in the world going to Davos on other places, thinking that they're now creating our world for us, we're saying, uh-uh. As an Aquarian, we don't do what other people tell us to do. We're not emotionally driven by that. This is a time, I think, more than ever, where we are going to watch over the next many years with Pluto in Aquarius, everybody saying, I don't need to get into your mindset, your fear, your anxiety. You can have that. That's your, that's your little piece of the cookie shop. That's your little dream. But if it doesn't resonate with me, I'm not doing it. So this is going to be a resonance that isn't based on an emotionality or a, a need. It's, an, it's a resonance with our soul, with our higher self, with our fifth dimensional self that goes, nah, you do that. It's okay with me. Have for fun. It's not what I want. And it doesn't mean you're not going to have fun. But when we do something that has that richness of our soul in it, we go, ooh, this is precious. I want more of that. So just to complete, this is not a place of punishment. The earth is not a place to be punished or limited. The only limitation is that we have given up our choices. We've given up our free will. Yes, it has a place where maybe there's some limits on where you, you can't have all the choices in the world, but there's much more than we use. If you can imagine it, you can create it. This is a place of creativity. But this is a time to say, I will not be limited by my creations. I will own what I own. I will let go of what doesn't work with me. And I will no longer be driven by some other person's desires and my need to fix them or serve them or help them or whatever. I am free of that. I will do what brings me joy 
me resonance. And that is all there ever has been and ever will be. Because there is only now, there is only here. And wherever I choose to place that resonance is where I am. Until next week, take care. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the HeartSpeak Podcast with Dr. Christine Page. Please check out all HeartSpeak episodes in the podcast archive section on www.christinepage.com. HeartSpeak is also available on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, and now playing on Amazon Music and iHeartRadio. You can also watch the archive podcast on Christine's channel, on YouTube, and now on Rumble. Connect with Christine on Instagram, LinkedIn, and Facebook, including her newest Facebook group, The Great Mother Calling. Do share with family, friends, colleagues. Join us next time for another edition of Heart Speak.